Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We don't feel a need to have to do anything because we do like our guys. Some people view that as like overvaluing our players. Well, we do value our guys. I mean, our team has been to the Final Four three of the last four years with a very young core group of guys, and that's not nothing. But we would like to take a step. And, you know, the best step right now could be player development. And our young players just getting better, more experienced. Danny Ainge from a week ago. That scared a few people, especially after you find out what Milwaukee did and what Brooklyn might do. Ah, You might like you guys, but you guys may not be good enough to beat the other teams within the conference. Uh, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer has been all over this stuff over the last uh, few weeks and will be in the next couple days with the NBA draft. Of course, he's from the Ringer, and he joins us live on the Harbor One Hotline. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. How you guys doing today? Good, terrific, good. terrific. We're trying to figure all this stuff out, so you're going to straighten us all out and give us a complete rundown. We'll start with Gordon Hayward. We are two and a half hours away, Kevin, from when he can exercise the player opt-out what are you hearing? What is he going to do? <laughs> I mean, the noise all day yesterday was that Boston and New Orleans were talking about Boston's first-round draft picks with Gordon Hayward for Drew Holiday, and, and that fell apart, and obviously now Drew Holiday is a Milwaukee Buck. And next step for Hayward, that's unclear. That is unclear because the Atlanta Hawks are one team that I've repeatedly heard are going to be active in free agency for a veteran. They've been connected to Hayward. They've been connected to Danilo Gallinari, who's a free agent. They want to get like a Rajon Rondo or Contavious Caldwell Pope. So the question now is for Hayward and Mark Bartlesine, his agent, what is the most beneficial thing for, for them to do? Is it to opt out and maybe sign a big deal with Atlanta? They do want a big deal is my understanding. Um, and it's one of the reasons why that Pelicans deal did not happen. So for Boston, I think a lot of this is going to come down to what uh, Hayward's side wants and what they prioritize in terms of that money. Because if I'm the Celtics, I'll tell you what, I, I don't feel too great about giving like a big four-year deal to Gordon Hayward after the last couple of years. They've seen he's a solid player, but not the guy he was in Utah. So, Kevin, we all we were talking about before, obviously, like the worst case scenario is him just opting out and being a free agent, right? Celtics get nothing for the asset. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you, do you think it's more of a possibility, given how the relationship and how things have gone, that there's an opt-out but a sign-and-trade to go with it to at least get something back for him? It depends on where. If, it, if Let's say it's the Pacers. In that case, it would be you know an extend-and-trade or an opt-in-and-trade. But if it's Atlanta, he could opt-out and just outright sign 
with the Hawks, he could just outright sign with the Knicks, another team that's been connected to him. There seems to be, you know, quite a lot of interest in Hayward, despite some of the ups and downs we've seen over the last couple of years. Fact is, he's still a good player, Mm -hmm. and he still is an important uh, rotation guy for the Celtics. It's just he can probably offer a lot more to some of those other teams, and, and that may be more appealing to him than kind of being like the fourth guy for the Celtics. So that, that's part of the equation here. And like, that's a, really a long way of saying I'm not sure yet because all day yesterday it seemed like New Orleans, and then that suddenly changed. Yeah, so, so Gordon was the one name, but the other one was Kemba Walker. You know, there's, a, there's reports about uh, him being, his name being thrown out to a bunch of different teams. So how do you think the Celtics feel about him? Yeah, I, I think I heard Chicago asked about Kemba. Uh, I'm not sure there's anything really to that. And like Boston, Danny Ainge, he's never hesitated to listen about his players. We know that, you know, over the years, seeing him trade Antoine Walker, one of the first deals he made years ago, trading Isaiah Thomas after he had an MVP caliber season because of the injury concerns. And with Kemba, I think you look at Boston's history with guys who have had injury issues, especially guys heavily reliant on their athleticism and their bursts and their speed like Kemba is, I'm sure they would, you know, err on the side of caution with a guy like that. So it makes sense to listen to offers. But right now, as of, you know, 2.30 in the afternoon on Tuesday, I don't, there's, no, there's no expectation of a deal, but these things can always happen quickly. And for the Celtics, they obviously have to do something. It's just a matter of what they do uh, with their draft picks they have and, you know, kind of a lot of guys that could potentially be moved on the roster. Do you think that just, you know, maybe it's a bigger discussion for a later time, but do you think that they, the Celtics, regret signing Kemba Walker based on how we kind of fit in last year? No, I don't think so. I mean, Kemba is still a good player. He had a good year prior to the injury, and he still had his moments even after that. I wouldn't imagine that there's regret. I still think he's a guy that if you wanted to trade him that badly, you could. You know, he's only just turned just turned 32 years old this year. He's not somebody that has like a albatross contract, so I, I wouldn't say that there's regret. Uh, though with him, you can do better if you have championship expectations. Exactly. That's for sure. That's kind of where I was heading towards. We're talking to Kevin O'Connor of the uh, Ringer. You know, uh, Celtics fans better than anybody, and they seem to be extremely patient. But I'm wondering how they feel today when they see Milwaukee get Drew Holiday and then get Bogdanovich. So it opens up an awful lot of stuff for them. Um, they only have seven players on on contract, but it doesn't make a difference. And then you look at the possibility of Harden going to Brooklyn, Miami, money and flexibility. Isn't there pressure right now that Danny has to do something right away? <laughs> I mean, if you're a Celtics fan right now, you can't be feeling good, especially with what, what Milwaukee did. They effectively got two of the four or five best players available on the market they couldn't have done any better with what they did and with Brooklyn we'll see about James Harden I don't expect him to be dealt I think Houston will wait uh based off conversations I've had the the earlier today but still the Celtics right now there's still a missing piece there's still uh, you know with Danny Ainge I, I don't think he should panic and do anything here though you, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are still young and still getting better every year guys like Grant Williams the, the progress he made as a rookie what he did in the bubble he's somebody who next season should only get better the Celtics still have a really really good team that can compete in the playoffs and has two years in a row now multiple years in a row now made deep playoff runs so there's no reason to make a, a panic move but I think the urgency that, that we've seen 
from them going after a Drew Holiday does at least indicate the acknowledgement that a move has to be made. What that is, I'm not sure. I mean, to me, with the draft, with the three first-round draft picks they have, ideally they're able to package those three together and, and consolidate them to move up. I just don't I, don't I don't think there's a team that's willing to trade down for those three spots because for the same reason Boston wouldn't want them, because this draft isn't great, is the same team, a team like drafting in the top ten wouldn't want to take them either. So it's a challenge here, and Boston's probably just going to have to make the most of it with those picks and, and continue being a young team that also happens to be really, really good. It's, you could be in a worse place, that's for sure. Hi, we were talking about this before the show. The deal that Milwaukee did for Drew Holiday includes three first-round picks. Add Bogdanovich, they only have seven players on the roster. They have no more money. It's a hard <laughs> cap for them now. They are locked in. you got to tell me that they did this deal with Giannis approving it and willing to sign the Supermax. They can't do this deal with Giannis leaving, can they? This is a disaster if he leaves. (laughs) It would be a disaster if he leaves for sure, but uh, there's a lot of rumblings this morning that he will indeed sign that deal, and uh, this does appease him. And, you know, in a vacuum, given those three first-round draft picks, uh, the 2020, 2025, and 2027, all unprotected, as well as two pick swaps in 24 and 26, it's too much for Holiday. But it's not too much for Holiday and the ability to make Giannis happy enough to sign on the dotted line to keep him for five more years. Um, So, you know, it stinks for the Bucs. They had to give all that. But ultimately, that's something any team would do in order to keep Giannis. The funny part is, is like that sort of drives up the price. For Brooklyn, you know, if, if five first-round picks go for Drew Holiday, well, what does that mean for you know Houston for James Harden? What can they get for a guy like that if that's the market price for Drew Holiday? It's, I mean, it kind of drives up the price there on what a star or what a good player should be able to get in return. You know, we're talking to Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer. Kevin, you talked about the Celtics being a young team. Is that still what they are? Because I think a lot of people around here think that they they're close, like they're right there. Danny needs to take that next step. So we look at the Eastern Conference, is that just what they are? Where, where do they stay? Are they just a, a still a young, developing team to a lot of people? Yeah, I mean, I still think they are. They're, they're a young team that also happens to be really good. Tatum just turned 22 this year. Jalen Brown just turned 23 in October. I mean, these guys might have a lot of experience. We've all watched them excel and make deep playoff runs. We saw them a couple years ago go to a Game 7 against LeBron. We saw them go on a deep playoff run just now in Orlando. This team is really good for its youth, and that's an unusual thing. And I think that's one of the reasons why with the Celtics, they need to balance out the fact that they are indeed a young team that should only get better over time with the fact that there's an opportunity here, and Danny Ainge himself said this, I believe in a call you know, with the media a couple of weeks ago, that had the team been healthy, he feels good about what their chances would have been in the finals had they made it. And with them, you've got to balance the now with the future, which is why I don't think they should make any panic moves. They should only make it the type of move that helps now but doesn't hurt them too much later because Tatum's still going to be there you know, four or five years from now after he signs his extension. Jalen Brown should be too, and those contending years should extend. So they are young, and that's what makes the situation so good. Well, is there any concern? Because, you know, this thing could turn fast. Is there any concern that this year, you know, maybe they, they take a step back, you know, don't go as deep as they, they did, and all of a sudden Jason Tatum doesn't sign, you know, and looks at it and says, you know what, I always did want to go to Phoenix. Like, you know, things can change quickly, can't they? 
things can change. Of course, you know, guys get hurt, guys want out, guys grow unhappy. Um, but we've seen that happen time and time again through sports history. You know, regardless whether it's the NBA or NFL or Major League Baseball, it happens. So I think that that does touch on the fact that they do need to have some urgency in maximizing what they have right now, which is why they went after Drew Holiday, and it's probably why whether it's you know whenever the next guy becomes available. We'll probably see Danny Ainge go after that player too. Uh, but I don't think that takes away from the fact that ultimately, you know, when you look at the age and year, years of NBA experience of these players, they still are overall a, a young team. And those young teams typically aren't performing at the level that they are right now, which makes them very different compared to any of the other contenders that you see around the league besides really just Miami, though they have Jimmy Butler, who's you know 30 years old and has a lot of experience. But it's unusual for Boston to be in the position that they're in, and I'm not even sure that they could have expected to be so good so soon. So what I'm hearing is that, listen, uh, if, if they can't get anything done, if they don't get anything done – they're still in a pretty damn good position if all these guys come back. So if all these guys come back, Danny's already said we, they realize they're not good enough. So with that being said, who do they need to add? What do they need to add uh, to, to actually compete against Milwaukee, possibly a crazy, super talented team in Brooklyn, or maybe even play against the Lakers? I mean, I think for them, there's a couple of things. You could look at Kemba and try to find an upgrade there, whether that's in trade, whether that's No, let's say you keep them all, Kevin. uh, Kevin, let's say they're all still on the team. They all come back. Like, everyone thinks that there's going to be all these moves, and we've seen it before. Sometimes nothing happens. But if everybody stays back, Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jalen Tatum, you name it, Hayward, they all come back. How could you make this team better? Uh, you know, as far as uh, as far as knowing that those guys are still on the team because they weren't good enough with all of them there last year. So now what? I think that partially comes from just the youth aspect. Jason Tatum last year in the so they got to be better. Was, they got to be better. I think I think they, those guys need to be better. Jason Tatum still has a higher level that he can reach. We still saw some of the flaws with him, the areas that he needs to improve on in terms of being the highest possible level on-ball score that he can be. Is he there yet? No. We saw flashes of it from a guy who just turned 22 years old in March. We saw moments and glimmers of stardom from him as a top 10, top 5 caliber player. But was he consistently that? No. And that is the mark of true stardom is when you do it night in, night out. And if Tatum gave that to Boston, again, they're serious against Miami, instead of having a 9-for-26, instead of having an 8-for-22 performance, instead of having a 6-for-12 performance, that, in that case, I think you would see Boston, perhaps in the finals against the Lakers, with pretty good odds of making that a really, really tough series. Is he there yet? No. And that's where it sort of relates to my core thought with this team is that they're still in it. It's just they need further development from within if those external moves aren't available, which clearly right now they very well may not be. So if that's the case, I don't know why you would want to go into the developmental process all over again. I mean, I hate to say it, but these three first-round draft picks, are they're not useless. Obviously, you can get some players there. But it really doesn't play to what they're doing. They can't get Wiseman. They can't get the other kid out at USC, Kongwu. And if you get those kids, they're, what, three years away from developing into NBA players. So what do they do tomorrow? <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see, I'll tell you that, because with three first-round draft picks and not a lot of roster spots, they're going to have to draft and stash at least one of those. 
But I do think with this year's draft, you mentioned those top prospects. Everybody says this year's draft is weak. It is weak in terms of star power up top, but this is a good draft in terms of finding role players. And for the Celtics, I think with that 14th pick, the 26th pick or the 30th pick, there's an opportunity there to take a guy that can contribute early on in his career. We saw that with Grant Williams. He had his issues shooting the ball early in his career, but he's a reliable, steady defender who makes smart decisions on the offensive end of the floor. My point is, is there are more guys like Grant Williams in the 2020 draft class who could come in and outplay somebody like Shemi Ojale and get rotation minutes, who could outplay Wanamaker off the bench and contribute more for you. So right there's away. upgrades to be had around you know, the edges of the roster, even if you're not getting that big-name guy. Right away, though. Can they do it right away? Can they do it as well as Grant Williams right away? Maybe not right away, right. but maybe by the playoffs, after some time of development, I think that's fair for some of the guys in this draft. I would expect, to me, when I look at this draft, what's more exciting, when I look at it, I look at it almost from the team perspective. I look at it like, what, you know, what can the Celtics find in this draft with their picks that helps them out now? What can the Sixers find? What can the Heat find that helps now? Because there's some home run swings, guys who might turn into nothing, but there's some guys that I feel a high confidence level that are going to turn into quality NBA players. And maybe by the postseason, like with Grant Williams, after getting accustomed to the system, after you know, learning the defensive you know, intricacies of NBA defenses, that can happen over the course of the season with the playing time that they get. So I do think the Celtics can find that player because those prospects do exist in the draft. And that's not like the number one big splash that any fan wants. But those, all those little additions can add up and overall help your team. And not to mention, those guys can also turn into trade assets, too. And they'll help you make those bigger moves that you need to make. All right. This is Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. Kevin, last question for me. At 5 o'clock today, what happens with Gordon Hayward? What's your gut tell you? Um, my, my gut would tell me uh, he opts out. Ooh. And to sign a trade or just gone? Signs a big deal with Atlanta. Just my gut. But I, I w- that's not really... Um, with high confidence, because right now, I don't know with Gordon Hayward. It so remains to be seen, because yesterday, all day was New Orleans, and then that suddenly shifted. So we'll see what happens with him. All right. Crazy. Kevin, always great talking to you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Kevin. See you later. Kevin O'Connor of hmm. The Ringer, this hour, brought to you by 495 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Rams Black Friday sales event. We'll get into more of this and where Danny Ainge is going to go. Is it going to be to continue to develop the kids and more role players in the draft, as Kevin just said? We'll get into it coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.